The following has been recorded at Cairn University. Any reproduction of this recording without the express permission of the university is prohibited. It is a privilege to be here with you at Cairn University, and I love listening to you worship the Lord through song, so thank you for energizing me. Thanks for the guys who led us, and thanks for participating in that worship time together. I know it's easy halfway through the semester, or almost there, to kind of just be grinding right now, right? A little bit? Some of you are like, no, I'm just loving every second. Wish I could slow it down, having the time of my life. So what we did, we brought you something, okay? I always like to cut when I go speak somewhere, I like to give something away, but you are extra special, so I brought something for everybody. <laughs> I love hearing what you're saying. It's, it's, nah, it's, I actually have for you, when you leave chapel today, has anybody ever had Byler's Donuts? Oh, wow. I got seven of you to be like, gasp. That's great. So as you leave chapel today, I've got Byler's Donuts. There's at least one donut for every single person that's here. All right, so you can enjoy those together. And last time I was here, I gave away a few Amazon gift cards too. So let me give away a quick gift card for you just for fun here real quick. All right. There is an exact amount of donuts. Well, actually, a few people have snuck and eaten a couple of them. But when I arrived here... Rick was going to remain nameless, but we got an amen over there. When I arrived here, I brought with me how many donuts? Take a guess at it. Yes, ma'am. More than 250. Now, you can't keep guessing over and over again, but. Now, go ahead, keep going. If you're that confident, I want you to keep going. What's your next number? I'll give you three, I'll give you four guesses, and then I'll go to somebody else. Go ahead. You're up. You got to get it perfectly right. But I'm going to give you a clue. What's your name? Brisa, so here, think for a second with me. You got friends around you. Usually they sell donuts by the dozen, okay? So just do some math in your head. <laughs> oh, this is terrible. She says, I'm terrible at math. Okay, but give me a second number. No, no calculators here. Come on, girl, in your head here. Let's go. 250 is your first number. It's higher than 250. Go again. Just go ahead. Don't worry about it. Just go. If you get within five, I'll give it to you. Here we go. Uh, 350. Three. 350 is your second one. It is more than 350. It is less than 500. Now you got a big gap. Last chance. Go less than 400. I'll see with you within five. Is your name? No. It is more than 370. Now you got to be exactly on the number. Yes, sir. No, it's less than 400. So that means it's less than 482. Hey, what year are you? <laughs> hey, come see me afterwards. I'll give you something just for being willing to put yourself on the line there. Yes, sir. It is more than 382, but we are within five now. Yes. It's 384. That is correct. Yeah, I, what's your name? Hey, give it up for Nick. Way to go, Nick. All right, I got another one, but it'll be about halfway through my message. That's the way to keep you awake for a few more minutes, okay? So, 
We're going to jump into God's Word. It's a privilege to open God's Word for you today. And I love this passage of Scripture, and it's special to me for a specific reason. Nelson George Beers, born February 4th, 1944. My dad, the wisest man I ever knew, loved the book of James. He referenced it often, and today we're going to visit a four-word question that I believe if he was here today, he would ask everyone in this room, starting with the faculty and staff, and then working to each one of you as students. It's a question he asked me nearly 500 times from the time I entered college until he passed away when I was 32 years old, nearly 20 years ago. Here's the question. Here's the four words I want to ask you today. Are you living it? It's a question I can hear him saying to me today, even though he sprinted through the finish line of life almost 20 years ago. Killed instantly in an automobile accident. My world got flipped upside down. But I can hear him. Are you living it, son? That's the fifth word. But since I'm his son, I'll leave the son part out. Are you living it? He grew up in Philadelphia without a father, seeking to survive on the streets before God rescued him in his early 20s. He married my mom, an immigrant from Poland who spoke no English. Let's not talk about how they built their relationship, all right? That's not for you Karen students. <laughs> Together they raised seven children. My dad insisted on college, specifically Bible college for us. He wanted us to get what he never got. But somehow my dad also knew the trappings of attending a school like Karen University where we could learn about God, but never apply it to our life. So when God grabbed a hold of my heart as a college student, I began to share with my dad the things I was learning. He would eagerly listen, and then he would say to me, are you living it, son? It was the best question he could have asked me, especially as my hunger to learn grew post-college. And I began to realize how much I did not know. So we turn to James 1 today not to ask about our GPA, not to ask about our head knowledge, not to ask of whether we were singing or not singing 10 minutes ago, not to argue deep theology, but to ask ourselves, how are we doing in the practical living of our everyday life? So two quick lessons we're going to cover in the next few minutes together that are easy to understand, but James isn't writing to have us understand them. He's writing to ask us, are we living it in our lives? Let's begin with James' first lesson in verse 19. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. Let me illustrate to you. True story. September 26th. 2022. I'm driving home from a Cairn LBC men's soccer game. I don't want to think about it much because I'm still angry about it. <laughs> I sometimes replay the game a bit. I've been a coach for a few years. I love being a dad and just being a fan, but 
Sometimes my coaching brain on the ride home can go into action. So I'm talking to my wife about the game and the late comeback that Karen had in that game. Some of you guys are back there. It's hilarious. Watch the soccer guys. They're like still, no, don't bring it back up. But when I get excited, I tend to push the gas pedal a little bit harder. Anybody that happened to? The next thing I know, I see patriotic lights in my rearview mirror. <laughs> I slow down, wishing, hoping, praying. But I have been specially chosen for this moment. <laughs> On top of that, it's, this is all true. My wife can verify. She's sitting here. I realize as I slow down that I am now in a construction zone where the rumor is that fines are, yes, the off. So I pull literally between two of the cones, like, and I'm so in the lane that they should have been doing, they should have had it down so I could have kept on driving. But the officer comes walking up and says, what are you thinking? Is that a trick question? <laughs> Is Karen soccer the right answer? <laughs> I decide to go with, I wasn't thinking, sir. License and registration, please. Now, real quick for an Amazon gift card here. How fast <laughs> did the officer say I was going? <laughs> and he is right. So how fast was I going? Yes. I was going less than 85, praise the Lord. Yes. <laughs> now, what year are you? <laughs> Freshman. <laughs> Good. You go 40 in construction zones, and you will never be pulled over by an officer. You're going to be just fine. Yes, ma'am. I was going, so more than 75, less than 85. Yes. Less than 80. In the back there, yep. More than 77. 78 is correct. Come on up and get your gift card. 78. Now, my wife, who is an incredible support to me, begins to come up with reasons why perhaps I wasn't going, and he hasn't told me yet, or maybe he did. Did he tell me I was going 78? I don't know. Somewhere I found that out at some point in this beautiful sermon illustration he was giving me. She said, maybe this and maybe that, and... and I have to be full candor with you. This isn't the first time this has happened in my journey. And so I've learned in those moments, side note of teaching, don't argue. He is the officer. I am the one who is guilty of the violation. Ten minutes go by. And all of you know who have gotten warnings. Anybody gotten a warning for a speeding ticket? Okay, yep. Uh, we're taking notes. of. Yeah, okay, good. Uh, we got that on camera. It's great. So we're... When 10 minutes goes by, you know you're getting a ticket. And about 10 minutes go by, and the wolf officer walks back to my car. I'm ready to accept my consequences. I'm still upset about the game. So I'm like, eh, well, that's a big deal. We should have, I want to win the game. It's a fine, it's a fine. No, I'm sitting there kind of doubly frustrated. And I'm praying for a lesser fine. Literally, I've moved from ticket to, Lord, please help him to show mercy because I'm in a construction phone and a construction area, I'm sorry, and the fines are doubled. And I roll down my window and he says, sir, the greatest words any person guilty of speeding could ever hear. He says, you have the cleanest driving record I have ever seen. 
I'd handed him my wife's driver's license. It was brilliant. Now, <laughs> so I'm shocked now. So I'm saying, Lord, please keep me alive. My heart is pumping like, there's no way. But hey, thank you, Lord. See, he said, I said, thank you, officer. Would you like to keep it that way? Yes, I would, sir. Do you think you could go 55 the rest of the way when you hit construction? Well, now, I'm, if I'm going to be honest, I'm not sure about that one. So I'm, but I'm, yes, I can do that, sir. Well, then you have a great evening, but slow it down. Slow it down. You know what? It wasn't hard to slow it down in that moment. Like, I'm driving home, I'm thinking, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So I say, thank you for the sermon illustration, sir. Have a great evening. No, I didn't say that to him. I said, thank you, sir, for not, thank you, sir, for not giving me what I deserved. Slow down as you drive. Probably if public safety is here, they'd say some of you could slow it down on campus if you're like most university campuses. Slow down when you drive, yes, but slow down in important areas that James had likely seen his brother Jesus model for him countless times. The brother that never sinned modeled a lifetime of listening. He knew all the answers. But his earthly ministry was marked by a patience and humility that listened eagerly and often waited to speak, usually to ask questions, and only showed anger when it was a righteous anger regarding sin against his heavenly father. We see this triple impact of the life of Jesus in the fact that the Gospels record more than 330 questions that Jesus asked. The one who had all the answers was quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry or react. James reminds us from the example that he saw from his half-brother Jesus, this is a blueprint for impact. To choose your words carefully, whether they are spoken or written. Slow to react. One of the key rules of communication, most of you know that, is to respond, not to react, because reaction is instantaneous. Response is often calculated and thought out. Anger is not necessarily sin, but reactionary anger almost always is. The idea in this verse is for us to show self-restraint. We are to be slow to take offense, slow to get angry. Let's make some applications. How well do you, how well do I, because I'm talking to myself right now, how well do I receive correction and criticism from others? How quickly, how quick and carefully do I listen to people with perspectives different than mine? How do I react? This one's going to hurt. This, I'm, I told you I'm talking to myself right now. How do I react to a bad call? How do I react to a selfish roommate? How to respond to someone whose political views or perspective on life differs from mine? So my question to myself, my question to you is, are you choosing today with the help of the Spirit to make the choice to slow down in these areas? That's what James is reminding us, slow down. One last point, every time I post on social media, that is speaking. So let's be slow to post and respond on social media as well. Adults don't model that very well for you. I'm sorry for that. Be different. By the way, you know what keeps me from slowing down sometimes? Maybe you too. Sometimes we feel the need to prove our worth or that we are right. 
Someone said to me this way one time, if your value and your worth are tied to your performance, you can apply this to a lot of areas, then your value and worth are always under threat. You know, your value and worth to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that we sang ago 15, 20 minutes ago is not tied to your performance. The performance has already been done for you. The work's already been done. The victory's been won. The way he sees you. So you, it, is, it is not under. So the reality of that, though, is when it's threatened, I will likely mean I'll often be quick to speak, slow to listen, and quick to react because I feel threatened. So I ask you, are you living it when it comes to your listening, speaking, and reacting or responding? One more lesson from James. Verse 22 says, but don't just listen to God's word in chapel, in class at Cairn, in church yesterday, or in the other arenas of your life. You must do what it says, otherwise you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. The illustration is the easy one for us. The picture is one who goes and looks in the mirror. Maybe after they get up in the morning. Hair is a mess, makeup, etc., and there's some work to do. But they decide, no, I'm just going to go on my way. We know we need to change, but we don't change. We know the phrase, you look like you just got out of bed. But let's make that application spiritually. Can I sit in a chapel or sit in a class and say, okay, yep, all right, now back to the way I want to live. John Smoltz, Hall of Fame pitcher, a lot of years for the Atlanta Braves, shared in his life testimony of receiving Christ. He said this, decisions are not decisions unless they result in a life action, not just a head acknowledgement. Many people know they need to change or do something. Many fewer act on that recognition. Many people nod their head in class or chapel or church, but does it change the way I live when I walk out the door in less than 10 minutes and grab a donut on my way to my next class? Literally, verse 22 says, prove yourselves to be doers of the word. Or to quote my dad, keep living it. Doers refers to the complete person, mind, soul, spirit, body. The idea of a person whose life is characterized by holy energy. That is a doer. Contrast that with a hearer. We'd make it equivalent to somebody who might audit a class. Sounds real nice right now in the midst of turning in papers and studying for tests and projects and everything else you have to do. Oh, no, I just got to sit in class, but I don't have to do anything. I don't do the research, the outside work, take the tests, write the papers. Could we say that James is saying to us today as students, do the work? The scary part is James says to those who do not apply this teaching, if you don't like this part, get mad at James and the Holy Spirit that's at work in our lives, not me. James is saying those who do not apply the teaching to action are misleading themselves. Hearing the word of God and failing to apply it is deceiving ourselves if we think that's okay in our relationship to God. Application of the word is always the means of measuring genuine faith. Our doing flows out of our being. If we really believe, and I believe some of you are struggling with that right here in this room, some of us have forgotten that we are a chosen child, precious and beloved. Because if you're still struggling to find out that you know what, I don't have to perform it. That's already been done for me. We're not talking about earning anything. We're talking about living out of our being because of who God says we are as a child of his. 
Our response then is to live out that truth. When we look in the mirrors of God's word, we see our sin, but we also see our sinless Savior. So in verse 24, when he says, if you look carefully, it's a compound verb. If we can go there for just a moment, it means to carefully and cautiously examine. You know, sometimes those mirrors that really like magnify, I don't like those mirrors very much. You know, you look at a mirror, okay, yeah, don't look so good, but thankful my wife married me. Okay, that's great. All right, on to the next thing. But those other mirrors that like show you everything, that's what this verse is talking about. Like, oh my goodness. It is not a quick glance, but a careful observation. And yet, as soon as he's finished, he forgets what he looked like. He sees his awful sin and God's awesome grace, and yet his life acts as if they have no idea, as if he has no idea about them. But look at verse 25. But if you look carefully, same idea. In fact, it has an even greater meaning of careful examining. It's bending over and looking very closely. He does not just hear, but continues in it. He experiences the freedom from bondage to sin because after further observation, he changes his actions. One closing thought. Hebrews 5.14 reminds us that the application of the word is what leads to deeper maturity. Solid food is for the mature who by constant use, praying that for you students, praying, praying as you go out on spring break in a couple weeks, that you'll be salt and light to a world that desperately needs it in the midst of all the fun, rest, sleep, whatever else you're going to do. Solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. As I was reminded in church a few weeks ago, hearing the word is not the beginning. It's not the middle. It's not the end. It is, I mean, it is the beginning, not the middle or the end. Remember Jesus' closing of his famous Sermon on the Mount? He said the person who listened but did not act on the teaching was like a foolish man that would not survive the storms of life. But the person, and I'm praying that's you, I'm praying that's me, who listened and acted on the truth, being taught, would be strong and endure through the storms of life. I love your students. Some of you I know a little bit better than others. I've watched you, mainly through coming this fall and watching athletic events. But I love this age of, of young adults. So I care enough to ask you this question. Are there some of us in this room who are deceiving ourselves today to think that hearing is enough and then I can go back to living however I want in my day-to-day -day life? Maybe there's faculty, staff who are in need of fresh awakening to living out in their lives, not just teaching it to you as students. Are you stuck or bored in your life because you're receiving the word but not exercising it to godly living? Listen to me. James wasn't trying to wow us with deep thinking. He's calling us to be different as we walk out these doors. To quote my hero, my pop, are you living it? Are you living it in your life? And if there's a place where it needs to change, ask God for the strength to keep doing that work in you. Would you stand with me? I want to close our time together with a brief benediction. Thanks for the privilege to open God's word to you. Enjoy a donut on your way out. I promise you there are no calories in them. That's the unique part of Byler's Donuts. All right? Let's pray together. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think.
according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. You are dismissed.